Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. We have a wonderful episode for you today with not one, but two terrific guests, musical duo Courtney Lynn and Quinn. Join the show. Courtney Lynn and Quinn's worlds first collided in Los Angeles in 2012. The musical sparks began flying, but it wasn't until 2015 when the two met again in Phoenix, such a wonderful city, where late night writing sessions quietly laid the groundwork for their musical future. With growing confidence to their abilities, they traveled further east to Charlotte, North Carolina in 2016 with a promise to delve deeper into their musical pursuits. Channeling inspiration from songwriters like Brandy Carlisle, the vocal harmonies of groups like Joseph, and the soulful grit of bands like Grace Potter and the Nocturnals, the group honed their sound in the Queen City. Their bright personalities, riveting live performances, and captivating songwriting have been garnering the attention of industry talent nationwide. Recently, they have been featured as a standout artist on NPR's Charlotte Music Playlist, Amplifier, and have performed on NBC Charlotte Today. The duo won the National Songwriter Universe Contest for their original music, and the band maintains a busy performance schedule across Charlotte and the Carolinas with plans in motion for regional and national tours. The duo have been very busy as of late. In July of 2021, the married frontwomen released their new single, Reminiscing, which takes their beautifully layered vocal harmonies and songwriting to the next level, exploring deeper themes of coping with toxic relationships and embracing the ones you love. On today's episode, Courtney Lynn and Quinn talk about their songwriting process and how they work together in the creation of new music. Courtney Lynn and Quinn also reflect on the songs and the artists that have left indelible marks in their lives. And we went deep into their musical inspirations as we checked out their Spotify Top 100 Songs of the Year. Truly an eclectic mix, which is basically what I expected from them. As we talked, I could tell that they really aren't defined by one genre of music. Lastly, the duo talk about a couple other projects that they have, Local Carolina, and their podcast titled Next Song on Deck. And before we bring the talented women out, we're going to play a sample of two of their newest singles. First off, we'll play Reminiscing, and at the end of the episode, we'll play a sample of Fire. They're both lovely songs, perfect for all types of settings and venues, and I think you're going to love them. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on two incredibly talented women, singers, songwriters, Courtney Lynn and Quinn, and let's learn.
curious whenever I talk to musicians of when you first started what were the earliest musical inspirations like when you were young what were the sounds that you heard in your house my mom used to have uh like this old beat up car that had a tape deck in it you know I grew up in the in the 90s so that was all that's all you had access to she had two tapes she repeated Tracy Chapman the mm-hmm. one uh fast car remember the name of this album fast car yeah fast yeah. car and uh the Eagles Hotel California okay. and so those are two of my um earliest memories of hearing and loving music and then i one of my earliest memories as well is my mom asking me what i wanted to be when i grew up at like three years old and me saying i want to be a singer <laughs> and here i am yeah. from there when was it that you first started taking lessons or actually was participating in music yourself so i had this trend for a couple of years on christmas when i was in middle school and high school where i would ask for a different musical instrument every year And so one year it was a harmonica and then the next year it was a piano. And then the year after that, it was like a ukulele. And then the year after that, it was guitar. Mm -hmm. And when I got, I I never touched any of those other instruments. I would pick them up and like dabble with them. And then they would collect dust after that. But the guitar just fit. And I learned three chords and wrote a song the same day I got it. And it was just like such a, 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 natural thing to me and also I fell in love with it immediately fell in love with songwriting immediately and yeah it just it stuck for me and for a while I played um I would just like play guitar and let other people sing and then eventually found my voice honestly thanks to Quinn so Quinn what about you your earliest musical influences I had a different journey but I started honestly as a dancer so when I was two and a half I started dancing but my mom was a singer growing up like she was in bands and she loved music and i mean my mom loves all music like she listens to everything under the sun from motown to beat shag to uh you know older hip-hop tunes to soul to i mean literally everything and she just loves music she's always been that way and so growing up with her as a dancer I was a competitive dancer, so we took a lot of road trips, and there was always music playing, all different types, all different sounds, and that kind of resonated with me, just falling in love with the styles of music and also being a dancer, you know, interpreting music into another art form and all that stuff, so I've always had music in my life, Um, and I, I even say that I had music in my life before I was even born because my mom was singing when I was in her womb, too, so it's just like a, it's been a part of my life for so long that it feels like it just has to live with inside of me somehow. Um, but my earliest influences, I would say for me, were, you know, 
that Motown country um, kind of beach vibe music because I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina on the beach and that's just what was really popular down here. But I always grew up with my parents listening to that and then my dad listened to classic rock. So it was kind of like a combination of those experiences. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina, the home, home of Michael Jordan. I love that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question for both of you. First concert you attended. <laughs> oh, I know mine. Mine was really random. It was Green Day. Okay. When they released um, uh, Green Day Dookie. I just like remember right. the the album cover with like the fist oh no in the that air. was American Idiot. American Idiot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was like thirteen, very random. Concert That's right. I forget you're so much younger than. Me. <laughs> 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 um. Mine was not a random. Mine was very sought after and I was like five years old and I dressed up like Winona Judd and I went oh. to Winona Judd. Okay. 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 <laughs> she dressed up like Winona Judd for three years in a row for Halloween. <laughs> yes. I was obsessed with Winona Judd for a long time. <laughs> How about first album that you purchased with your own money? Ooh, I know mine. Do you know yours? And I want to know if it was a tape or a CD as well. Mine was a CD. Okay. I had just gotten a boombox for Christmas and okay. I was so excited. And I loved uh, hip hop dancing at the time. So I bought MC Hammer and I actually <laughs> bought some pump it up pants too, you know, like the ones that like. And which Hammer album was that? And the, the one that was like too legit. Okay. Too legit. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I can't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had that on tape. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I was in my bedroom like doing yeah. the hammer, you know. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I, I felt cool. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I remember the first album I listened to on repeat, and that was Dixie Chicks, Wide Open Spaces. So, but I think the first one I purchased with my own money was Aaron Carter. Oh, honey. <laughs> hey, we all went through those, you know, phases. Uh, okay. Just kidding. Just Leave kidding. me alone. Good stuff. Good. You know, I, I always tell all the guests they can say whatever they want. They're always like, can we cuss? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm never going to censor anything. But I feel I need to censor that. I feel like you, you don't want that following you as far as so. <laughs> I might leave that out. You know so. what? Put it out there. No shame. <laughs> I'm holding to it. You know, people need to know. They need yeah. to know. <laughs> Aaron Carter has fans too. For a performance, when it comes to a performance, how do you get yourself in the right mindset? Quinn, for you, like emotionally, are there any rituals that you do to get in the right headspace before you take the stage? Lots of bourbon. No, I'm kidding. Okay, perfect. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I really... I'm kind of a weird human, I think, in this aspect, but I really feel like most at home on a stage. Like I feel most alive and very safe on a stage. It doesn't feel scary to me whatsoever. I just feel exhilarated and free. Um, so I don't know if I have any rituals. I think I just like get really excited every time <laughs> we're about to walk on the stage. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, and and Courtney Lynn, do you still get as excited as you did when you first? Do you still get the same excitement when you take stage? Mm -hmm. I always get nervous and I used to feel um, like un a little unprofessional almost about that. Like, oh man, my, I can't, I can't get control of my nerves, you know, when we're about to perform. And someone told me once, you know, nerves are not a bad thing. That means you still care and caring is a good thing. And so like, I've, I've learned to accept my nervousness as, um, a positive. And so, you know, we're very different in that way. Quinn is very at home on a stage. She's grown up her whole life performing in some way or another, whether it's theater or dance or music. I was not that way. I was um, a bedroom songwriter. I really could have cared 
us, honestly, to share my songs with anyone outside of my immediate friends and family. And it really wasn't until Quinn encouraged me to start trying to, you know, take on gigs and, and share my music in, in a digital platform that I got accustomed to performing at all. And in the beginning, it was, I actually did need some whiskey. <laughs> How about songwriting? For you, Courtney, do you schedule time to be creative? You're like, hey, you know what, Monday at 2 o'clock, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, or do you let it come to you? I definitely let it come to me. And I have grappled with this question a lot because as, as we pursued our career in a more serious fashion, you have to be continuously putting out content. And, and before, like, I would just let a song come to me whenever it came to me. I'm a very um, personal writer. I just write from my, what I see in front of me or what's personally happening in my life. And there are certain emotions that channel better through songs than others. So was, honestly, like when you're just doing okay in life, it's not a lot of good musical content coming from that. It's in the very high highs and the very low lows that you feel like you can write something. Inspired, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we were trying to work on that, actually. Mm -hmm, actually. Scheduling time to sit and be more thoughtful about writing. But most of the time, we just wait until the spark comes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, I think that both of us are the same way. Um, and I'm, I will say this, Courtney is more of the songwriter than I am. But I do dabble in it here and there. And I've done... On our next EP, one of the songs is actually one that I wrote, which is exciting. But, um, and we do co-writing now too, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time like sitting and making myself feel creative. Mm. Like it doesn't, I, I, I actually admire people who can schedule, you know, time to sit and say like, I'm going to allow myself to be uh, focused on some form of creativity for the next three hours. I admire people like that because when I try to do that, my brain thinks about all the other things going on in my life, like what I, all my to-do lists or, or the house is dirty or there's laundry or we need to do this for the other company or we have a recording for the podcast, you know, whatever. Like my brain just won't quiet itself until something inspires me enough to, to sit down and sit with it. So yeah. I, mm. it is I something we're a, working on. That's a good way of putting it though, because I think it is learning how to quiet the other voices and let your creativity be loudest. And it's mm -hmm. when you have the inspiration, it just naturally comes right. that the, the inspiration becomes the loudest voice in your head. Right. But learning how to like calm everything else down so that you can allow that to come forward is it truly is a skill. Yeah. And, and Courtney, I love your point of, you know, when things are great, that might not be the best content to write about. I think it was about five years ago, Meryl Streep was on some award show. She quoted, take your broken heart and make it art. And I was like, that's just, Genius. Love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you guys have a unique, unique partnership. And I'm wondering how, how the dynamic is as far as creation. I know that you said that Courtney mostly does the writing, Quinn. So how is this teamwork that you guys have? Is there a little bit of competition as well between you? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't ever feel, feel that, that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we both have very different approaches to our creative, like our creative minds, I think. And so I think that helps our um, Yeah, I feel like we relationship. really see... I mean, I don't want to speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I really see us as a team and, and like where, where I don't have, uh, you know, a certain set of skills Quinn does and where, you know, maybe I do, uh, she allows me to like make that the priority in my creative life. So I think it just, maybe it's just uh, serendipity that mm -hmm. it works so well 
I don't feel at all competitive no. with you. I feel like okay. you make me uh, better. Yeah, I feel like we push each other in the yeah. in certain ways. Like she pushes me to want to try to write more and be like and develop, you know, that skill a little bit more because I want to be able to co-write with her so that our music is more of like a duo styled thing. Because when we first started, you know, Courtney Lynn has her own solo album out there and it was like she was writing her own music and doing her own thing. Um, and then when we started doing stuff together, we both kind of had this feeling of like, like, how do we make this a more collaborative project, you know? And so she pushes me to do that. Um, and I think in certain ways, like I push her in the performance aspect of our, our definitely, you know, like our uh, partnership on stage, you know? So it's almost not competition. It's almost just being accountable and being up to the other person's standards in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think it's mm -hmm. like a positive all the way around. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just intrigued by group dynamics, especially spending the last week watching the Beatles get back and how they, they worked so well together. Is there a particular strategy when it comes to a rehearsal or practice as far as maybe who takes lead? What's the strategy for you guys creatively? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it varies. And we're really, really bad at rehearsals. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, for real. Like our, our drummer, Steve, who's been a part of our group since the beginning, he's like our best friend, our brother, and like one of our most important uh, members. Well, literally the only most important member because we he's like our consistent band member. Um, he's consistently trying to say like, we need to sit down and like really need to practice these, work out a show. And we always are like, yeah, yeah, we need to do that. And we just, honestly, we're just terrible at it. And, and I think like what has to happen is what you're kind of hinting at is that someone needs to take the, the, the yeah. role in like leading that, to happen and neither of us are good at that <laughs> so yeah, i don't know I how think, to answer that question i think like we we just put in we used to put in so many hours um playing cover shows mm -hmm. i mean like multiple times a week so you're talking like nine twelve hours of playing together a week and i hate to say this but we would almost use that time as like live rehearsals with each other to like work out different yeah. songs or different ideas or different arrangements of songs and see what sticks. And so that's, I'm going to say, unfortunately how we've done it in the past. And, you know, we, we are very proud of the progress that we've made, but yes. we also have like a lot of goals and a lot of ways that we want to improve and become a tighter, better mm -hmm. band to create better music. And that's definitely one of them. That's one of the things that we're working on right now. I mean, before, before this year, uh, we were both in different places. Um, you know, Courtney was in school and uh, for part of that. And I was also working like a full-time job that took over so much of my mental space and emotional space. And so it didn't feel like we even had the time to, you know, feel excited about some of our shows sometimes. So to feel excited about structuring a song in a rehearsal was like, Ugh, oh my yeah. God, I'm so tired, you know, but now we're at a place, thankfully, where I, you know, I, we've gotten to a place with our music and with our other um, endeavors that we're working on under our own fruition that I don't have to feel that way anymore. I feel like I can breathe now. We have more time together and we have more time to focus on those things. So that is actually something we're truly focused on this year. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the new single is reminiscing. Courtney, Lynn, what was the inspiration behind that song? <sighs> it's very personal. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I always know, you know, when I write, songs that come from a very vulnerable place that I have to be willing to talk about them. And um, this is one of those songs that is 
still a little difficult to to talk about but essentially it's a very close relationship I had in my life um, a family relationship and um, you know I was just going through a really difficult season of trying to figure out how to set boundaries for myself and love this person but also protect myself and the song you know really is coming from a place of frustration there's a lot of emotions tied up in the situation but this particular moment is like you know I don't deserve this actually and I'm trying really hard to love you but I think what I actually need to do is just take a step back mm-hmm. and sometimes that's the healthiest thing you can do and so that's what the song's about did the words come first or was it the melody I always write my guitar part first okay. that's the guitarist like, in you yeah your guitarist first yeah. yeah I like to sit and find a um, chord progression that I think sounds good you know makes her feel something yeah it makes me feel something i'll play it a couple times try out a couple different chords find a a pattern strumming pattern that i like a rhythm that i like and then after i get that locked in i'll I'll run through that a couple times and then i'll just hum over it i'll try to find a melody no words yet the words are the last thing always Mm -hmm. and this is why it's sometimes hard for me to write with other people because at this stage in the process i will sing like gibberish (laughs) over it like nonsensical words stupid words i'll just sing nonsense over top of that melody Mm -hmm. until i find a melody i like yeah and then i'll come in last and create like pick the story and and write one of my favorite parts about the beatles get back documentary is the amount of gibberish that john sings over that once he has the melody it's it's, yeah (laughs) what's well one of my favorite things about her though is that it's true she does always have this stage where there's like this gibberish over the melody but i don't know if she even realizes this but Typically speaking, the melody that she's written on the guitar makes her feel some kind of way because she always mm-hmm. starts and that story begins mm-hmm. even with the gibberish. It's like she knows what the concept's going to be already. I know what the feeling is based on like where yeah. I'm at emotionally and also what the chord progression is. So I'll have kind of an, <laughs> an emotional sense of where I want to go with the, with the song or maybe even an idea of who I want it to be about. I just don't have the lyrics locked in, but sometimes those gibberish lyrics stick. That's like I'll I'm say saying, something yeah. that'll be like, actually, I like that. Quinn, when I've talked to artists, it's almost like a 50, 50 split as far as listening to other types of music. Do you listen to other types of music for inspiration or is that the last thing you want to do because it might tweak your own thoughts? Oh gosh, no, I, I love listening to music for okay. other inspiration. I love listening to music whenever I can all the time like and in on road trips she always makes fun of me because I'm kind of like my mom in this aspect where I listen to literally everything and I'm also a DJ too by profession so that kind of plays into that but um uh, my my playlist like if I just put on my liked songs playlist or whatever on Spotify it will jump from like ludicrous to like I don't know uh like Amy Winehouse, Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah, like, I mean, literally all over the place. And people are like, who are you? What is, what is this? Well, yeah. then I'm going to put you on the spot. Then what were your top 10 songs on your Spotify 100? Here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay. What, what, are, what are the top 10? These are your top 10 most played. And this is, this is the first time you've seen it. So this is great. Oh, gosh. Okay. New Light by John Mayer. Huh? American Pie, Don McLean. Wonderful. 1950, King Princess. New Slang by The Shins. No Good Alone, Corey Harper, In My Head, Joseph, Only Love, Ben Harper, and uh, State Line by The Dip. 
Oh, and then New Kids in Town by the Eagles. Fantastic. Those are your top 10. Corny Lynn, yours. I have a lot of, I I really love country music and I I have one particular playlist of country music that I play all the time. So this is going to be a lot of country. I have a Without You by Keith Urban, Sleep Without You by Brett Young, This Kiss by Faith Hill. One of my all-time favorite songs, like, ever. I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. Uh, You're the Best Thing by Ray LaMontagne. The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. My favorite artist of all time. Uh, All On Me by Devin Dawson. Just to See You Smile, Tim McGraw. I don't know if that was 10, but it feels like it was. Fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) There we go. Challenging year for everyone, but especially musicians, because there's so much doubt that crept in. Like, what are we going to do? Are we ever going to be back on stage again? Should we even be trying this? How did you handle yeah, exactly. the hurdles and just all the difficult challenges, especially the uncertainty that came with the last two years, essentially? Courtney got into panic mode and created a business. <laughs> I have this little thing called generalized anxiety disorder. And uh, when COVID happened, I was in like full on panic mode. Like, oh, we don't, you know, we at that time, I would say in 70% of our income was based on playing Music. shows. Yeah. And I really had, we, we had decided we just released an album. We decided we wanted to tour. We bought a camper. We spent the whole year before 2020, like minimalizing our lives and getting ready to do this tour and to like, and, and to be able to fit all of our belongings in a travel, travel trailer. trailer. Yeah. So we moved in in January into the, on, into the travel trailer and uh, released the album in January, our last album. And then we played our last show in March. Our tour was set to play or start in April. Mm-hmm. And of course, then yeah, COVID. So, so within a couple of weeks, like it's just like cancellation, <laughs> cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. And we're thinking like, oh, our summer's ruined. We weren't thinking the like, foreseeable future is mm-hmm. going to be different. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think in the beginning, I just thought we just got to ride this out. Like, you know, we'll, I, I was kind of trying to be positive about it. Like, we'll figure it out. It's kind of a nice break. You know, we've been so busy. Actually, she was good in the beginning. I was a wreck. Because well, Quinn's like a major, major extrovert. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like the highest point of extrovert you could know. <laughs> so I was like, no people, no shows. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. We're stuck on this farm. Like, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, yeah, we were hunkered down on a, on a friend's farm. But um eventually when I realized like this isn't going anywhere um I was just trying to figure out a way to support us while at the same time you know we're watching like our favorite music venues closing their doors some of them for good some of our favorite local small businesses closing their doors a lot of them for good and it was just soul crushing and we wanted to do something I'm just a passionate person. I have to do something that I care about. I'm not the, I could care less. Like if I'm making enough money to make ends meet, that's all that matters to me. Above and beyond that, I just want to do something I care about. So we actually started a company during COVID (laughs) called Local Carolina. And we just find really awesome small businesses in the Carolinas that um, make really amazing products. And we put them together in these like little themed gift boxes. And there's a lot of story involved in that. Try to get people connected to what's local to them. And of course, we always add a featured musical artist as well into every box. So yeah, um, that's what I channeled my energy into. <laughs> and it's gone really well. Like yeah. we have like this really successful, you know, side business outside of music now that allows us to just do those two things. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people were like, wow, it's surprising that you didn't channel your energy into, you know, writing or uh, some kind of musical new album or something like this. And, and we both were just like, we like froze musically. I think the two of us, we were just so like shocked by what happened. And, and I'm not necessarily like, I get my energy and my inspiration by being on the stage and being in shows like live performances and seeing how that happens. And so like, for me, it was like, it just wrecked me for a minute. Cause I was, Mm-hmm. you know everybody was going through their own things but I was just kind of like I don't know what I'm gonna do it kind like, of hurt to I, I know everybody has a different experience we've talked you know we have a podcast where we talk to independent artists and we've talked a lot to musicians about like how they handled COVID and everybody has a different story like some people went full throttle into music which is awesome like I wish I could say that we did that but we definitely did it yeah, I, I it, was like depressed when we tried to do music that's what I'm saying it just kind of hurt me it was just like a reminder of what was no more at that point yeah yeah Yeah. so with that with again with the ups and downs what do you feel is just the biggest life lesson not even music related just biggest life lesson you picked up start with you quinn (sighs) okay mine is that i need to learn how to allow my self to enjoy the off time (laughs) because i don't know how to do that very well um and instead of taking those moments to breathe and um, twist them into something positive. I, it almost makes me do the opposite where I kind of panic a little bit. Like I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm lazy. I'm, yeah. I'm bored. I'm, yeah. you know, and, and I, I've learned it's healthy mm-hmm. to have a balance of calm and it's healthy to be able to let your mind sit with something and either enjoy it or learn from it, you know? So that's probably mm. my biggest lesson. Mm. And Courtney Lynn? <laughs> I think the one thing that stands out from the last couple of years is that everything is very complicated. Every, every topic we see in the news, every political issue, every person is very complicated. And mm. I think it sometimes is in the oversimplification or the like finalization of opinions. I don't know if I'm saying this right. That creates a lot of problems. And so I think one thing I've really tried to do in this time is to pause before I speak and to remind myself that that I am not an expert on literally anything like we are if, if anything i feel the more i learn the 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 less intelligent mm-hmm. i feel because there's just so much out there to learn about and i don't know i just like i i really wish i could see more patience and kindness and compassion from those around me sometimes and that starts within yourself so mm-hmm. i think i'm trying really hard in this time to just be a person who has a light in them and is is slow to speak and quick to listen and you know all those all those things we all want to be but just trying to put energy into it love that we just started the new year 2022 and i know you have a a show coming up here in charlotte on the 14th what else do you have what should we look forward to um yeah so we're super excited about the visual light show it's kind of like a comeback back to Charlotte since we moved to Wilmington. Um, That's on the 14th, like you said. And then after that, we actually have a very, very cool show that we're prepping for. Um, We're performing at the Brooklyn Arts Center in Wilmington. Um, It's 
our first big show here in Wilmington, and we're super excited to be joining the stage with Striking Copper, which is another local Wilmington band. They're amazing. And then another North Carolina local band, Stray Local. Um, and uh, so the, the thing that I'm really excited about for this show, and one reason why I'm uh, super excited to share on this podcast, because I know you have guests listening or, you know, an audience listening from all over the country. So um, this is actually a benefit concert for this really incredible organization in Charlotte that offers... In Wilmington. Uh, I'm sorry. In Wilmington. Um, they offer free, like 100% completely free arts programs for any kid between the age of 8 and 17. That's the only restriction. All you have to do is go sign up. So we, 100% of the proceeds of this show are going to that organization. And even if you aren't in, you know, Wilmington, North Carolina, um, you can still contribute to that. Yes. So um, we would love for people to stay connected with us. That's a program we feel really passionate about. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. We got the chance to speak with the director and walk through the space and I mean, they have everything for these kids from uh, Photoshop editing to actually literally uh, developing film to dance classes, uh, baking classes, theatrical performances. It's incredible. I mean, it's I wish I had something like this when I was a kid. So yeah, yeah. to be able yeah, to be able to give back to a program like this and keep them moving forward is I I can't wait to be able to do that. And then uh, the only other thing I can think is that we are currently working on a four song EP. And um, these are some songs we've had for a very long time. Yep. <laughs> the EP is going to be called Nostalgia, which is, I think, perfect for these songs because it's, um, it's really like a travel back in time for mm -hmm. us. It's stuff we wrote 10 years ago. So super excited to share that. We don't have a release date yet, but, you know, you stay connected. Keep an eye out. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned the podcast featuring other musicians. So can you tell me more about your podcast, Quinn? Yeah, so the podcast is called Next Song on Deck. It actually was inspired because Great title. me and I. Great title. And thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, it took a long time for us <laughs> to land on that. Trust me. Um, but it was inspired because Courtney Lynn and I started a open mic in Charlotte and we loved it. We loved interacting with other artists and getting to know them a little bit more and sharing their music. And um, a good friend of mine, when the pandemic happened, it obviously shut down and a good friend of mine knew how devastated we were that we didn't have the open mic anymore. So he was like, why don't you guys do a similar platform, but on a podcast, because then you can reach out to artists all over, not just mm -hmm. in Charlotte. And I was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. It's what we do. We're, it's, it's just a podcast where we talk with other artists and break down one of their songs to get to know about that song better. And then we actually do a fun little collaborative cover at the end of each episode too. And uh, it's called Next Song on Deck and it's been really fun. So find us on instagram on next song on deck pod and i think that's facebook as well well looking forward to the new ep how can people stay up to date how can they follow your journey both for your song but also for local carolina sure thank you go ahead uh, well for for the music i'll let you speak on local carolina but for the music you can find us everywhere at courtney lynn and quinn it's, thankfully just, there's not a lot of people with that name yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> we, you've got that we covered. try to make it simple we're on you know spotify instagram all that stuff but it's all courtney lynn and quinn um and it's pretty simple there and then for local carolina um you can find us everywhere at support local carolina that's um, Facebook and Instagram and the website as well. So thank you for today. We'll talk soon, but just thank you so much. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much thank you again for having thank us. You. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to that amazing duo of Courtney Lynn and Quinn. Be sure to give them a follow on social media. 
Check out Local Carolina and check out their podcast, Next Song on Deck. Stick around at the end of the episode where you'll hear another one of their beautiful songs. This time, fire. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Make me feel fire. It's burning.